WEHC Emory and WISE FM Wise. It is Wednesday, October 4th, 2023, and time now for another edition of Farm Talk with Virginia Tech Agricultural Extension Agent Phil Blevins. All right, Ivy, good to be with you today. I like that introduction with the chicken reel. So uh, we're going to continue our discussion today on backyard poultry, but we had a question come in about an oak tree, and so we'll just go ahead and deal with that. Uh, one of the listeners called in with or sent in a question regarding an oak tree that they have that still has the leaves on it, and the leaves seem to be curling up on it right now and what might be the problem. Um be interesting to know how old the tree is, but if it's a relatively young tree, as dry as we've been getting lately, it could be a possibility that it's just drought stress that's doing that. Uh, I'm not familiar with a disease that would cause that kind of problem with an oak tree. It could be some other kind of stressor, though, if there happens to have been any work done around the base of the tree or uh, that would have disturbed the root system. That might cause a problem like that as well. If it's a young tree, one that's just been planted in the last couple of years, I would be sure I water that tree very deeply right now because uh, new planted trees need to be kept moist for a couple of years if you want them to really get established, a root system to get established with them uh, so that they can survive times like this. So if it's uh, something other than that, if the listener could either call in or if they could send in a question, then uh, we'll try to do a better job of answering that when we get more information. But we, again, we started last week talking about backyard poultry. We talked about some of the basics as far as breeds of chickens go, uh, some of the things uh, relative to that. But we wanted to continue that discussion this week because we do have a lot of backyard poultry flocks in this part of the world. And so I wanted to talk today a little bit um, more about getting into actually the mechanics of raising the chickens. And one of the questions that comes up uh, with people is, how many chickens do you need? And so that's a good question. And so if uh, depending on your uh, diet and how many eggs you eat, I know some people eat eggs every day, so that changes um, how many you would need, but uh, about four or five hens are going to supply you with two to four eggs per day, depending on the time of the year, how long the days are, whether you're providing supplemental light to them. Uh, you can kind of figure it based on that. I know if you get 10 or 15 hens, sometimes you'll have more eggs than you know what to do with. And so uh, either then you start giving them away or selling them or make a lot of egg custard or a lot of pies or something like that. But And starting out, you can either start with chicks or pullets, but you need to keep in mind that if you start with chicks or diddles, as we called them when I was growing up, that uh, it's going to be about six, about four to five months or six months before you really start getting egg production. Uh, and so... Plan on it that way, and then there's going to be a period of time during the year when the chickens molt, and that's when they lose their feathers, and when they begin to go into the molt, uh, you won't have any eggs produced at that time. But if you start out with chicks, uh, one of the things you need to prepare for is, is brooding those chicks because obviously they don't have mama there. They've been hatched in an incubator, and so they don't have mom to take care of them. And so you need a good dry area to do that, one where the rats and the raccoons and other predators can't get to them. 
uh, where they're protected from the cold and rain or even from the hot sun if it's in uh, the summertime. And you need good bedding material that will absorb uh, the manure and keep the brooding area clean because you'd be surprised how much uh, waste you get from just a small handful of chicks, especially if you're starting them out in a small area to brood them like a cardboard box or something like that. It gets dirty pretty quickly. Actually, probably should be kept changed every two to three days to keep those chicks dry. And they need light. Uh, the light should be kept on 23 to 24 hours a day for the first few days. And they will need some kind of uh, source of heat. And a lot of people use for, for light and for heat an infrared lamp. Uh, you need to use a chain or wire, not an electrical cord, to hang the lamp from. And it should be about 18 inches above where the bedding is. And chickens, like all birds, have a higher body temperature. And so if you measure the temperature about two inches above the floor, it needs to be 90 to 95. Now, that's not very comfortable to us, uh, but that's very comfortable to them. And then as they, as they grow, as they get bigger, then you can reduce that temperature by about five degrees each week till they no longer need heat. Now, one way to tell when you're brooding chickens if, if the heat is right, if you could visualize a circle around the lamp or the heater or whatever you're using to warm the chickens with up over their head, if all the chicks are gathered directly under the heat lamp, then it's too cold. Uh, if all the chicks are lined up around the edge of the brood area, then it's too hot. And so if you can, if you find them all lined up to one side of the light, then you've probably got a draft that's causing a problem. But if they're kind of spread out evenly around the area, then you probably got the temperature just right for those chicks in that case. Like I said earlier, uh, chicks start, chickens start laying when they're about six months old. And so you're going to get them if you buy chicks when they're about a day or two old. And so you're looking at six months down the road. You'll notice when their combs begin to grow uh, and they start getting a bigger comb, then you can start expecting them to lay about that time. Uh, they can lay for up to 10 years, uh, but usually they're most productive for about the first two, three years of age. And uh, in climates like we're in, uh, about any breed will do if you were in a colder area. Maybe if you're listening up in Green Cove or on White Top, a larger bird, larger breed or medium to large breed might work better in a case like that. I mentioned last week that a chicken lays an egg about every 26 hours in the height of production season if they have lighting to do that. They need more than 12 hours of daylight a day to actually to sustain egg production, and 14 to 16 hours is typical. And in those cases, you'll be you'll begin to get you'll be getting an egg from a chicken about every 26 hours, and when the days get shorter or the days are shorter before we get to that time of the year, then you need a light that's bright enough that you could read by. And if you can read by, uh, then that's sufficient. We mentioned last week using a 60-watt bulb for that. And if if you don't want to be going to the, to the chicken coop to turn the light on or to turn the light off, then put a timer on it so that it uh, works itself. And that will save you some trouble. So let's talk just a little bit about behavior of chickens. Now, everybody knows, or, or probably know at least, that a group of chickens is called a flock. And in a flock, somebody has to be the boss. And so 
you have what's called pecking order. And you have pecking order really in most any animals. If you have a group of cattle, a herd of cattle, uh, there'll be one cow that's the boss, and then there'll be one that's not, and she's on the low end of the totem pole. Same thing happens with chickens. And this, really what it does is establish a hierarchy in the flock, and it starts really early uh, in the chicks. in in females, at about in about ten days, they'll have the pecking order established. With uh, males or roosters, it may take longer. Uh, one of the things that I get questions about occasionally is someone will will call the office and ask a question that they have one chicken that they seem to be pecking the feathers off of these chickens, or or they're being mean, exceptionally mean to one chicken, or whatever, and. One of the things to keep in mind regarding that is they do need sufficient area, and we talked about that last week, that you need to give them enough area uh, so that they can uh, so that they can separate themselves, and so hopefully you don't run into a problem like that. Um, another thing that chickens do that people that aren't familiar with and might find interesting, if you looked at the, at the tail feathers, at the base of the tail feathers, there's an oil gland, and you'll see chickens standing around periodically. They'll put their beak back and rub it in that area where the tail feathers attach. And what they're doing is getting oil on their beak, and then they'll take that and they rub it through their feathers. They run their feathers through their beak, around their beak, and that keeps their uh, feathers oiled and waxy so that they can shed water and so forth. And so it's just an interesting behavior that they do, but it's essential to what they do. Um, and if you were looking at a group of chickens that were turned out, if you just had chickens that were running in the woods or if you were somewhere where there were wild jungle fowl, you'd see that they spend about 60% of their time foraging. And, and chickens have this behavior that if you watch them when they're out, they'll scratch. and They'll scratch, they'll step up and scratch, and then they'll back up and peck, and then they'll step up and scratch. and kind of like they're doing a dance, and then they back up and peck. And that's just a behavior that they have. And if you if you have free-range chickens that are out on grass or pasture, you'll notice them doing that a lot, and they're getting things out of the ground, either insects or seeds or other things that they need. Now, if you're keeping your chickens in a coop where they have a complete feed, they really don't need to forage in that case, but they'll still do this. Uh, I remember when I was young and had some chickens that my granddaddy told me one time, he said they were bedded with straw in the bottom of the floor, on the floor, and he said if you throw some wheat in there, they'd really work at it to get that wheat. And so uh, it's something that they like to do, but it's not necessary if you're feeding a complete feed. Uh, it's another behavioral thing to be aware of is their nesting behavior. They like loose nest material so they can make the nest, so they can make a concave area that they can lay their eggs in. Uh, if you have backyard flocks, then you do need to provide nest boxes like we talked about last week that need to be about 12 by 12 by 12, somewhere in that neighborhood, maybe 15 inches square. And One of the things that chickens are noted for, and if you heard Chicken Reel coming on when we started the show, the the fiddler and the banjo player are making the cackling sound that a chicken makes uh, when they lay eggs. And so it's it's something that I remember well that you would hear the chickens about 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, somewhere in that 
time frame in the morning cackling in the hen house where they'd laid eggs. And uh, it's one of the, uh, I guess that's one of the trademarks of a chicken that everybody knows the chickens buys the cackling. Another thing they do is you'll see them if they're out where they can, they will take a dust bath. Uh, they get down, they roll around in the dirt, and they do this to clean their their skin and their feathers of parasites and dead skins. Because chicken, there are parasites that affect chickens. They can get uh, intestinal parasites. They can also get mites or lice. And if you've ever had bird mites or bird lice on you, it's not pleasant. It feels like your skin's crawling. And so the chickens want those things off of them, so you'll see them doing that. We mentioned that they also like to perch, so you need a roost pole or a group of roost poles uh, for the chickens to perch on, and they'll start this about three weeks of age. They start jumping. You'll be surprised how high they can jump. And they go to roost about 30 minutes before twilight, and they fly down about 30 minutes before dawn. So that's how we got the rooster uh, as the signal to get up in the morning. When the rooster's crowing, it's time to get out of bed. So let's change uh, gears just a little bit now and talk about feeding chickens because they do have nutritional needs. They need to essentially the same things that every animal needs. They need water, they need carbohydrates, they need fats, they need protein and vitamins and minerals. And chickens that are out free range or chickens that are you moving around with a with a coop uh, they're going to get a lot of that particularly in the summertime from insects and other things that they eat uh, if you're keeping them in a coop then you need to supply them with a diet that supplies all these things and water is by far the most important nutrient that anything needs we can make it a while without eating but we sure can't make it long without drinking water and when hens are <clears throat> deficient on water, then egg production goes down because laying hens uh, drink a lot of water. And you'll see them stick their beak in the water, and then they'll hold their head back and swallow the water. Um, but uh, about 25% of the water that they're going to drink is going to happen in about two hours in the last two hours of daylight. And also, they don't have sweat glands, uh, so they cool themselves down by breathing. And water is extremely essential as far as that goes because a lot of water is lost in respiration. Before we continue on this discussion, let's have a break. You are tuned to Farm Talk with Phil Blevins. If you've got a question for Phil, you can send him an email at pblevins at vt.edu. That's pblevins at vt.edu or you can call the radio station 276-944-6933. This is WEHC Emory and WISE FM Wise. Support for WEHC comes from Food Country USA, locally owned and operated since 1914. Food Country USA provides customers quality and value with products sourced in our region from our farms to your stores to your table. Food Country, USA. Okay, so uh, again, it's good to be here today and good to be with you. If you have questions, please feel free to get those to us, either by phone or by email. 
be glad to answer those. We're talking about when we before the break, we were talking about feeding chickens, and that's certainly one of the most critical things you'll do. It doesn't do much good to have a chicken and not feed it. That's not going to work out very well. Uh, and so we talked about carbohydrates as being one of the essentials, and these make up the largest portion of a chicken's diet. And when we think about carbohydrates, we think about grains, really, things like corn, wheat, barley, and other grains. One of the things that's been fed over the years uh, to chickens uh, is is called scratch, where you have cracked corn that's fed, but that's really uh, some people seem to think that will meet the needs of, of a group of chickens, but it really doesn't. I mean, that's just part of the equation as far as a complete diet goes. Protein is extremely critical, and I don't want to get into trivia here, uh, but one of the things about chicken diets is they really need certain amino acids, which are the building blocks of protein. And lysine and methionine, that'll be on the test at the end of the program, so be sure and write that down. But uh, they do need uh, these these particular amino acids to be able to perform like they should and to be productive. And so in laying flocks or even uh, meat birds too, if you're raising birds for meat, it's best to feed a commercial feed uh, to make sure that they're getting all the nutrients that they need. Occasionally you see people that try to raise them strictly on scratch or cracked corn, and the chickens never really grow. I mean, they'll be six months old, and they're maybe three or four times uh, bigger than they were when they were a chick. I mean, they're just not very big, maybe the size of a big robin. And that's simply because they didn't have the protein and stuff they needed to grow. One of the things we really think about probably uh, as far as minerals go with chickens, is calcium. And I expect if we had people in the audience here that we could just ask questions to, why is calcium so important? Everybody would say because of eggshells. Well, that's certainly important because eggshell quality is important. When the It's interesting, when the chicken makes an egg, it's, she, she uh, uh, releases a, the yolk uh, from the area of the ovary, and it goes down through a tube where the shell is put around the, the yolk at that point. And if the chicken is deficient in calcium, you'll get soft shells. Uh, you'll get shells that are inferior. And that's, and that's certainly not what we want. And so one of the things that's been historically done and is still done today, and it's really a good thing for backyard flocks, is if you keep a supply of oyster shells, and you can actually buy these oyster shells uh, that will supply the needed calcium if a chicken is deficient. And that way you have good hard eggs, eggshells that you can actually handle uh, without any problem. And so, as I said, you need to f- feed these laying birds. You need to feed them a commercial layer ration. Uh, some of the mistakes that are made by people in this, and one of those is supplementing these complete feeds with things like cracked corn or oats or other grains. And we think we're really being nice to the chicken by doing that. Either that or we're trying to cut the cost of the layer ration. But that's a mistake when it comes to productivity. If you want the chicken to lay at her maximum ability, then she needs a commercial ration. Another mistake is uh, is adding green chops like lettuce and other things that uh, some people feed to their chickens. Now, why would that be a mistake? Well, 
You know, other than we like lettuce, why do we eat lettuce? Uh, because a lot of people want to lose weight, so they go to lettuce and eat lettuce because it's really low in some of the nutrients that we need, like energy. And so that's just, again, challenging the chicken to come up with this from somewhere else. And then uh, another mistake is to administer inappropriate or unnecessary medication. Now, you hear people talk about that this chicken is antibiotic-free. Well, the industry doesn't feed antibiotics, by the way, for those that have been told that they do. They don't just routinely feed antibiotics. But occasionally you have a chicken that gets sick. And so you have a chicken that gets coccidiosis, which is an internal parasite, or maybe some other problem that they have. And well, it's not very humane just to let the chicken suffer and die. And so uh, we need to treat them with the appropriate medication at that time, but we don't need to do that on a routine basis. Uh, that's not necessary. And if you're wondering how much food a chicken can eat, they can eat a lot. A six-pound hen can eat about three pounds of feed per week. Uh, so if you have got 16 chickens, then that's 50 pounds a week roughly. And so it's sometimes it's not an economical thing, but, uh, you know, everybody everybody that wants chickens, they're, maybe they're willing to do that. Maybe that's their pet instead of a dog is the chickens. But, uh, and when we think about the whole production cycle of a chicken, starting with the chick and going up to the bird, the layer, for example, you know, things change. The feed we would feed the layer is certainly not the same thing we would feed the chick when we're starting out. Like all small animals, they need a pretty nutrient-dense feed, and we're talking about 20 to 22 percent protein in the feed. And then by the time they get to the layer uh, stage of their life, then you're down to 15 to 18 percent protein. And so you're going to feed those chicks uh, for about six weeks, that starter, and then you're going to go to a grower for 6 to 20 weeks and then to the layer ration uh, throughout the rest of their life. And so uh, uh, it's not always the same, just like if we were feeding a baby. We don't feed the babies. and We don't start the babies out on steak or sausage and gravy. We start them out on something that they can actually consume and get the benefit of. On the meat bird side, I know some of you are raising birds for meat, uh, you're going to start with a starter feed just the same for about the first four weeks and then go to a grower feed till they're seven weeks old. And if you really have a meat bird type uh, chicken, then they're probably going to be ready to process at that time. And so uh, you really don't need to feed them any longer. If you go longer than that, there's a finisher ration that you can get. Uh, but just keep in mind that the level of protein decreases as the birds get older. Now, let's, uh, if there are no are there any questions coming in, we got a question. Okay. Jenny wants to know if it is all right to feed the hens the, the mash that makes them lay double yolks. Okay. Uh, you know, a double yolk egg is not necessarily dictated by the ration that we feed. Um, sometimes we do things and, we, and somebody's done something in the past and they say, well, that's how you cause that to happen. But... That's not necessarily so. What happens in the case when you get a double yolk egg is two yolks are released at one time from the ovary. Now, obviously, nutrition would have an impact on that. Uh, higher energy diets uh, 
in any animal tend to increase the number of eggs that are released. For example, in sheep, I know we're not talking about sheep, but in sheep, if we were going to try to increase the twinning rate in sheep, about two weeks before the sheep were bred, we would feed them a high-energy diet, and then they'll tend to release two eggs or more from the ovaries, and so your twinning percentage increases. With chickens, uh, obviously, if you stressed them, uh, your chances of getting a double yolk egg would be less, but it's more a matter of how many are released from the ovary, and, and that's something that happens periodically. It's not something that we can force to happen, at least that I'm aware of or that I've ever heard of. So that's a good question. Um, double yolk eggs are a big egg. If you've ever seen one, you can tell them when you go get them. But um, that's a good question, but I don't believe that that's necessarily something that we can cause to happen. So I hope that answers that question. But uh, laying mash, that terminology, uh, in my understanding, at least from my experience, originated some from what used to be done where some feeds were soaked. Grains were soaked, for example, similar to mash. And then the chickens were fed that. Now, there are crumbles that are fed. You can buy chicken feeds at least in two forms. You can buy them as crumbles or you can buy them as pellets. And in either case, the chickens do well on it, but the crumbles some might refer to as mash. Uh, and so just be sure that you feed a complete a complete diet to the chick. And if that doesn't answer your question, Jenny, then you can uh, send us another question, and I'll try to make sure I understood what you were talking about if that wasn't it. All right, so the goal of anybody that has a laying type, a laying breed, is eggs. And so the egg is, uh, is what we're after, and high-quality eggs are something that we want. And one of the questions and things that's been said over the years, if you break an egg, there's a, uh, there's a white spot in it, seems like, in the, in the, not the yolk, but in the albumen or the white of the egg. There's a, uh, it looks like a piece of something in that. And you'll hear people say, well, if you don't have a rooster, you won't have that. Well, that's not true. That's not the fertilized part of the egg. Uh, that's called, that's a, the terminology for that is called the uh, chalaza. And it's actually a, a, I guess you would say, a denser part, for lack of better terminology, of the white of the egg. It's actually strands of that uh, protein material that actually are attached to the yolk, and they keep the yolk in suspension inside of the egg to keep it from banging against the sides of the egg, if you will. And so that's what you're seeing when you see that. And in fresh eggs, I don't know how many of you have ever candled an egg, but if you've ever been going to bake a cake or do something like that and you broke an egg and it was bloody, well, that's disappointing if you've got everything put together and you break the egg in it and it's bloody. That, that blood comes from uh, where a blood vessel's ruptured at the ovary and, and, and caused, and it's in the yolk then at that point. Uh, it wouldn't be unsafe to eat, but it would be unappetizing to eat most likely. Uh, but if you've ever candled an egg or hold it up to a flashlight or a light bulb or something like that, you can see those things inside of it. If you turn the egg with your fingers, 
you can actually see those things inside the egg if you if you want to avoid that. Of course, probably a simpler thing to do is break the egg in a bowl, and then if it's bad, you don't get it in whatever you're cooking. But, you know, we keep eggs. Uh, we don't want to throw eggs away. And so we keep eggs, and we want those things to be fresh or at least be good when we break them. Uh, you know, somebody says, how do you tell if an egg's rotten? Well, if you ever break a rotten egg, nobody has to tell you it was. It's pretty obvious. Uh, but in the there's a pointed end to the egg, and then there's a rounded big end to the egg, for we might say. And on the big end of the egg, there's an air sail. And if you candle the egg, you can actually see that air cell at the end of the egg. Well, it's really small in a fresh egg. And as the egg gets older, that air cell gets bigger. As the egg loses air through the pores of the shell, then that air cell begins to get, or absorbs air, that air cell begins to get bigger, the yolk and that area begins to shrink a little bit. And... And so you can see that happen as the egg gets older. Another thing is if you break an egg, in a, if you break it in a dish or something you can see in, and the yolk really stands up high, then you've got a fresh egg. If, it, if you can see it looks like a fried egg, like the cartoons sticking up, then you've really got a fresh egg. But as the egg gets older, that begins to break down, and so the egg yolk begins to spread out just a little bit. And actually, if you're buying eggs at the store, those things are taken care of at the processor. So I believe that's all we have time for today. But thank you for being with us. And we'll talk next week. You have been listening to Farm Talk with Phil Blevins. Tune in for another edition of Farm Talk next Wednesday at 1 o'clock. This is WEHC Emory and WISE FM Wise. Stay tuned now for She Walks.